Hey guys, my name is John Kim. I'm a licensed therapist and life coach, putting self-betterment into a shot glass. Because let's face it, who's got that much time these days? I come unpolished, unrehearsed, on purpose. If you're looking for more of a wine glass, you've come to the wrong place. The ultimate measure of a man is not where he stands in moments of comfort and convenience, but where he stands at times of challenge and controversy. Martin Luther King Jr. The problem is God gave man a brain and a penis and only enough blood to run one at a time. Robin Williams. So if my book was a quote, it would fall right in between these two. Number nine, don't peer over the metaphorical urinal. So at a young age, we discover our penis and we become fascinated by it. And by we, I mean men, boys. Although it's always uh, been there, we are suddenly intrigued and curious. We can't take it apart, so we start playing with it. We realize it gives us pleasure, a new and exciting sensation. It makes us feel powerful And subconsciously, we begin to associate penis with power. Middle school hits, and the requirement to change for gym class alerts us that penises come in all different sizes. Our power is now compared with other boys' power. We go from feeling like Superman to Clark Kent. Or maybe I should use I statements. (laughs) Uh, Now we're taking an object and internalizing it to determine our worth. This thought pattern brings us anxiety and makes us feel less than. It is a pattern many young men struggle with and then continue to struggle with as they go through life. Then we discover porn and the massive penises (laughs) that come with it. Now we're not even Clark Kent with the intern at the Daily Planet pushing mail carts and dodging staplers. Since changing our size is not an option, we try to make up for in other ways, in the classroom, at work, and on the court or with cars and houses and year-end bonuses, and then, of course, with women. Soon we're comparing everything we have with what, uh, to what other men have. We become workaholics, alcoholics, and we can't get it up anymore from all the stress and anxiety. We lose the very thing that once made us feel powerful. So I've been insecure about my penis uh, since I can remember. Um, those examples above um, I mentioned are not random, and my insecurity started in locker rooms, comparing myself to other boys. And of course, um, I discovered porn at an early age because my parents were always at work, which allowed me to do whatever I wanted, watch whatever I wanted, ate whatever I wanted, and it basically put a lighter fluid on my insecurity. And I remember when I got married, and as my marriage was falling apart, I blamed my penis, uh, even though my wife at the time assured me that she didn't have a problem with it. It wasn't until uh, I was in my 30s, I was dating a girl from Georgia, and my outlook changed. She was the first woman after my ex-wife who I expressed my insecurity to, and she told me um, that she dated a guy right before me, a giant Irish man with a baby arm between his legs. (laughs) And And one would think that this would make me feel more insecure about myself, but she went on to explain how she hated it, that it was too big and she couldn't do anything with it and that it was always painful. Um, And of course, there's a part of me that was like, come on, um, because of programming, right? And because of me seeing images and having um, 
basically body dysmorphia, you know, a distorted body image. Um, and so it turns out she was being honest and she said that my penis was quote unquote, uh, perfect. Uh, I, I think for her coming off of, um, pardon the pun, a guy with a, a baby arm in between his legs and then, um, and then, then experiencing me, uh, maybe it was refreshing, <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe for her, um, you know, um, that other extreme, uh, uh, was not good. And then, um, I, my body was more like, um, I don't know, safe. I don't know what the word is, but, um, I remember that that was, um, a point in my life when I realized, you know, it's not about the size and listen, maybe for some women it is, and that's, you know, to each their own. Um, but for me and, you know, and always being kind of the runt, I was a late bloomer, uh, always, always, you know, I wasn't a, like a big muscular kid growing up. I was always kind of, you know, not the tallest guy, um, not the shortest guy, just somewhere in the, in the middle, you know, and always being around, um, athletes, uh, locker rooms, etc. um, definitely, uh, distorted my image of, um, what a man should look like, right? Physically. And so, of course, then growing up and internalizing that, and then, of course, the introduction of, uh, porn and, and all of that stuff. So I think that, um, boys, define themselves by their size. And, you know, I'm talking about specifically penises, but I'm not. I'm using the penis as a metaphor. Uh, so whether we're talking about uh, the size of anything, <laughs> maybe maybe size means the um, price of your car <laughs> or the height of your truck. Maybe size means the, the size of your paycheck. You know, whenever um, you define your worth by something that is extended, whether we are talking about penis size or houses or uh, corner offices, it doesn't matter. Um, I think in that space, there is ego and posturing and insecurity, right? And so I think boys live there. And I think men are able to distance themselves. I think men are able to um, accept their bodies, who they are, um, and also, you know, uh, not tie their worth to external things like cars and houses and yachts and all of that. So that is one of the things that I, I, I really believe that um, men struggle with. And I think part of it has to do with society, uh, locker rooms, the shame, right? Because these aren't conversations that men have. Um, programming from things like pornography, all of that translating into relationships, sex, the bedroom, all of that stuff. Another thing that men do is we compare ourselves to um, other men, of course, but also previous men that um, our partners have dated. Right, and then we have that thing going on, and uh, one of my don'ts is to don't um, 
ask about your 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 partner's sexual history. You know, it's actually none of your business. If your partner wants to share that with you, great. But most people can't handle that because once um, oh, we pretend like we can, and then once we hear. Um, numbers or <laughs> details, we are suddenly comparing, and then there's this weird competitive thing going on, um, and it's a it's a total mindfuck, and it's a losing battle. Um, it brings out the worst. It brings out insecurities. So, I think real men are able to uh, accept, look at, be honest with themselves, where they're at, what they're insecure about. And they make an effort to not compare themselves, um, their lives, their bank accounts, etc., their bodies, their penises with other men, you know. And I think that it's difficult, especially in the world that we live in. I think that uh, it requires a lot of courage. I think that um, it takes time and it's a practice. And I think it comes with age too. So it's it's much harder for a 21-year-old, right, because I was 21 once, to separate that, right, to cut that cord that ties your worth from um, the external or ability or, you know, cars or whatever it is. Um, I think as you get older and you become more comfortable with yourself and who you are, um, your value then uh, uh, it gets shifted where the, the you know the where you place um, your weight and when what's important to you changes. So it's it's less about your aesthetics. Uh, it's more about character, you know. And so I also think this is why a lot of um, women tend to date older guys. Um, I think that women turn the corner, and this is a generalization around twenty nine, you know, like thirty ish. And I think men start turning the corner um, probably mid-30s, you know. And, I, and I'm not saying this for everyone. This is uh, based on not only my story, but um, all of the stories that I've heard and just kind of generalizing. But I think around 29, women get very curious, look inward. Um, uh, what matters to them starts shifting. They've had enough experiences in relationships and love and sex where they start to uh, make healthier choices, right? And I think men do that as well, but I think men hit it later, like around 35-ish, mid-30s, you know? And so I think this is why um, a lot of times women end up dating uh, older men or men that are like, you know, six, seven, eight years older than, than themselves because emotionally um, they're more on par and so... Uh, they're able to to build something uh, together in that way. Okay, so guys, if you're uh, listening to this, um, stop comparing yourself to other men, uh, not just your penises, but um, every man has their own value and their own uniqueness. Um, and don't get caught up in uh, the competitive um, race. Uh, and it's very easy to because you put a lot of men together and suddenly it's a frat house or it's a locker room. You know, uh, I think healthy competition is great. Me and my uh, guy friends, we compete in a healthy way with fitness and working out all the time. Um, but we don't let that define us, right? Uh, because we lose a workout, uh, we don't think that that makes us less valuable. Or, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't, um, I, uh, especially now at 45, you know. Maybe if I was 21, it would be different, so...
Thank you for listening. And if this dialogue and the stuff that is in my book is something that resonates with you, I encourage you to pick it up. We are giving away a free seat in our Catalyst Life Coaching Intensive, certifying you as a life coach. Um, All you have to do is buy five books. I know it sounds like a lot, but you could give them out. There's no better present. There's no better gift than a book, in my opinion. So buy five books, email me the receipt, theangrytherapist at gmail, and I will enter you into the raffle. There are not that many people. You're not jumping into a lottery of thousands or millions or what. It's going to be, I think right now there's about uh, 30 or 40. So you actually have a chance of winning um, a seat in our Cal's Life Coaching Intensive, which is a $4,000 value. It's a complete 100% live class done through the internet, about 16 weeks. And we certify you as a life coach. But also, it's not about... um, just about life coaching it's a life-changing course so it's just a great course for self-betterment if you want to work on yourself thank you for listening be well thanks for tuning in i hope the dialogue was helpful listen guys if you want to be a life coach just go to my website theangrytherapist.com and click on life coaching training and you'll find our catalyst intensive there's only two things you need to be a life coach a story which everyone has and a passion to help others